women are really yearning for this. I think they're just looking for a platform to express it on. And a lot of women have been oppressed with their feelings for a very long time. They've been, you know, they've hidden a lot of their experiences and they're just ready to come out and to heal and to find unity in other women. Hey guys, welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. On the podcast today is Raquel Janae and Vanessa Marie, the dynamic, inspiring, and really incredible sisters behind the Femme Files. Raquel and Vanessa are dedicated to giving women a voice and a platform to be who they want to be and provide the space for what they want to see. They're honestly so inspiring, full of so much wisdom, and this was one of those episodes where I lost track of how long we were talking, and when we stopped recording, we talked for another hour. I... I am such a huge fan of these two. I am so inspired by them. Their love for one another really comes through in this podcast. But even more than that, they have a really deep love for supporting women, encouraging women. And this is really what The Femme Files is all about. You'll hear it on today's episode, but The Femme Files is really a collective of creativity, self-love, empowerment, body positivity, and feminism really displayed through an expression of art and fashion and media. Raquel and Vanessa both really saw a huge lack of representation and leadership among women across all industries. And through creating content and starting the conversation, they're really being the change that they want to see. On today's episode, we chat all about the inspiration behind the Femme Files, how they've really drawn on their own experiences to shape the mission behind their platform. We also talk about what it's like working and creating together as sisters, finding their voice through giving other women a voice and a platform to share theirs. And of course, we talk about their self-love, empowerment, and joy journeys too. So I want to try something new. I want to do an iTunes review of the week um, because I am always so blown away by your reviews and also your DMs and your emails, and I really want to highlight them. So this week, our iTunes review of the week comes from I Love Music 121, and it says, What a joy. Seek the Joy has sparked such interesting conversation, inspiration, and motivation for me personally as a listener. The podcast brings authentic and transparent storytelling to life with each episode's guest. Sydney as a host is a warm and inspiring personality, and I look forward to the varying, unique, empowering perspectives and topics that are covered here. Treat yourself, oh my god, that's my favorite part, and give this joyful podcast a listen. Ugh. I love music, one, two, one. Thank you so much for your review. If you haven't already, please send me an email um, to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. I want to send you my stickers and my guide for infusing more joy into your life. And if you would like to receive those stickers and that guide too, and you feel so inspired uh, to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, I would be so grateful. As you know, ratings and reviews really help uh, Seek the Joy podcast get seen by new people. So go ahead and take a screenshot of that review and send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. As always, to learn more about today's episode, head over to the show notes section of our website, seekthejoypodcast.com slash show dash notes, and everything is right there. All right, guys, that's it. I am so excited and inspired by today's episode. I know you're going to love it and leave feeling empowered. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Raquel and Vanessa of The Femme Files. So happy to be here. My name is Raquel Janae. I'm a writer, um, co-founder of the Femme Files, and I'm a spoken word performer. I'm I'm Vanessa. 
Vanessa Marie. Um, me and Raquel are sisters. I'm a designer. Currently, I'm in design school. And um, me and my sister are the founders of the Fem Files. So we're super happy to be here. Like we kind of are all around creatives. Like it's funny, we were kind of talking about like how we would label ourselves or what we consider ourselves. But I really just see it as like there's a lot of unlimited possibilities that we love to dabble in just media. We love to dabble in art, fashion, um, just kind of all around creatives, creators. So yeah, that's how I'd say how we consider ourselves. How we see ourselves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Because I think some of, sometimes the hardest thing is figuring out how to introduce yourself, right? Or how to define yeah. yourself in that way. Yeah. Exactly. I you was know? just going to say, <laughs> you asked me, hey, introduce yourself. And you're like, oh, shoot. What do I, how do I define myself? Yeah, especially when you do so many different things. So to kind of put yourself, I guess, right, in like a box that way, I don't know. Oh, it just doesn't yeah. feel right. Yeah, it's a little bit scary. Yeah. So what is it like working together as sisters on, on this project? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's definitely just picture this. Like, this is a lot of our night sometimes. Well, it's like four in the morning. Me and my sister on FaceTime. My sister is asleep <laughs> on FaceTime. And I'm getting It'll so happen. angry. I'm so angry. And I'm like, are you awake? And she's trying to convince me that she's been awake this whole time. When I see her, when I see her head down. <laughs> and we'll just both be yelling at each other. Our hair's all crazy. But yeah. we need to post. I'm like, it's 4 a.m. We still got to do this. It's and definitely... And everyone sees kind of the finished product and they're like, wow, you know, your post was really good yesterday. And I was like, well, we, neither of us were in a happy mood. Like it's not always, <laughs> it's not always daisies working, working, but it's a great thing too, because it's so great. we're the most honest and blunt people. Um, and sometimes we, we um, step on each other's toes quite often, but I also think that's room for openness and, and it a also could growth. be, yeah, just, um, we're able to talk to each other so fluidly and without really consideration sometimes for others' feelings, but mm -hmm. which is also in a, in a sense, a negative thing because we're almost too open and too open to reject each other's ideas because we've grown up together and we've known each other since we were born. So it's a little bit more difficult in that sense, but we also think, think alike in a way that yeah. uh, we're able to have like a sort of consensus. If this is a good is this a good post? Is this a good, uh, is this good content or not? And typically we'll agree. Definitely. I mean, overall, I wouldn't have it any other way because I think sometimes it's very hard to find someone as dedicated and deeply rooted into something you believe in. And for both of us to really be on the same page about it, uh, is such a blessing. Um, I think you guys are really lucky, right, to have that kind of relationship that can translate into a business creative relationship um, because I'm not sure how many siblings have that. You know, I think there's a lot of butting heads sometimes and the fact that you guys can disagree and of then course. kind of make up and keep going. I, I love that. Yeah, no, definitely. This definitely. is this is a little bit off topic, but um, there is a sibling story that I read about in The Art of Creative Thinking, this book, and it was two guys, I think it was in Belgium, Germany, it wasn't in the United States, and um, they both, yeah, and they both created a shoe company together, but they kept having, like, really bad creative conflicts, and um, eventually they just started competing in the town together for different companies, and I think one of them is Adidas, and the other oh one's Puma now, yeah. and they're brothers. Yeah, they Wild. ended up splitting up and then they made their own shoe companies and they were both, they both ended up being incredibly successful. Um, so it shows how it could be either go one or the other. Um, you either can either way. work really well or y'all have to professionally decide to sweat. So I think it's mm -hmm. nice that we're able to work so well together and still be respectful. You know, I think it's really hard when you kind of combine business and personal, but if you're able yeah. to do it, then it can be twice as powerful. Amazing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I was so excited just to hear from you guys that I didn't even have you explain what the fem files is. So everyone's probably like, what are, what are they even talking about? So <laughs> could you just explain maybe what the fem files is and what your mission behind it is and, and all that good stuff? Um, the fem files is definitely a collective 
of self-empowerment, body positivity, and feminism through art and fashion. So it's basically the media, we want to create the media we want to see in the world. It's about representing women, not only physically, but internally, showcasing their accomplishments, their knowledge, um, just embodying everything a woman is. Um, yeah, because I do all levels <laughs> of womanhood. Sorry. <laughs> I was just finishing. I was just finishing the statement that I thought you were going to finish. And I was just going to say, we, we try to represent all, all levels of womanhood and all women inclusive of all age groups, all races, um, of all interests. Um, and we don't, we don't discriminate on any level. I love that. Mm-hmm. So you're doing it through art and fashion. And I know right now a big part of it is Instagram. Where do you guys see it going this year? So definitely, I think through Instagram, which I'm so grateful for Instagram because it has been like, it really has been our main, like our main factor in how we've built the fem files because it showcases the images we want to see. So I think after we grow like a really big community on Instagram, we kind of want to take it to, you know, our website. We want to take it to like panel discussions. We want to really put a lot of action behind just the images you see, you know, creating campaigns like self-love campaigns with other organizations, I think are super important. And as that grows, then I think you're going to slowly start to see women change the way they feel about themselves, the way they interact. And just like an overall, you know, it starts very small within ourselves, but it grows into a community change and then a global Mm -hmm. change, you know? Yeah. It's all a, it's all a habit. It's all a process every day. I'm sure, you know, um, just doing every, every one thing a day, it doesn't seem like a lot, but then it builds up to be something a lot more. So I think especially this year, we're just growing and we're just building and, and more ideas and a lot more content creating than we have before. Women are really yearning for this. I think they're just looking for a platform to express it on. And a lot of women have been oppressed with their feelings for a very long time. They've been, you know, they've hidden a lot of um, their experiences and they're just ready to come out and to heal and to find unity in other women. And I think we want to be that platform for women to become their highest selves, to Mm -hmm. become their best selves. Yeah. Um, To find a language um, to give to women, because sometimes we don't know how to configure it or formulate these words that we're feeling maybe as a community. And, um, and me and my sister, as we're growing, we're finding the words to, to put out into the femme files to be able to relate to other people or to a lot of other women. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think as you grow and change, you know, the work that you do grows and changes with For you. Sure, yeah. Do you guys feel like you've pulled on experiences from your own lives to really create this platform? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me, I know me and my sister struggled differently growing up as far as my sister was, it was predominantly, I would say predominantly, she was uh, really not accepted because of the way she looked. And then I felt really um, not accepted because of the way that I expressed myself, which might in a way go hand in hand. And just growing up and having, you know, when you're on the right path and you kind of have these signs of other women saying, hey, you know, I really like what you're wearing or, hey, I really like what you created because they have some sort of urgency inside of them that feels a very similar way. So I think just a lot of instances of that and that being kind of my leading path to where I am now, you know, those voices kind of keeping me on the path. Okay. I'm doing something right. I'm able to associate with the bigger community other than myself. So, yeah. So I think those moments are, were just key for me to keep me, to keep me where I am and, just on track and to finding the fem files. No, of course. Like I completely agree. And not only that, I think the events in our life are the reason why the fem files were born. Um, because it is things that we felt so strongly about, experiences we felt so strongly about. Because initially speaking, um, I wrote a blog like a few years ago. It started as me writing a blog um, for self empowerment because I went through a lot in high school just a lot of negativity from women, but not only from them, it was from me as well. I was in a different place in my life. I was a completely different person. And I think over time, as I reflected on experiences, I needed a way to showcase them and to express them. So I wrote a blog 
not only about my high school experiences, but just of what I've learned and to be an example of women who are doing the same thing as me. I made a blog on WordPress. I had for like eight or nine months. My sister kind of helped. We tried to make like two, we made two or three videos and she helped with like the videography. But eventually that blog ended up crashing. Like the word part, they pretty much crashed and I couldn't get it back. I lost all my information and I was devastated. And what ended up being like such a hard time in my life ended up blossoming the fem files, which is what we're doing now. So I really love that, you know, bad experiences turn into the best experiences of your life or really put you in where you're meant to go um, in the right places. I couldn't agree more. I think those experiences really set the foundation for who you are and what excites you or you're passionate about or even the messages that you really want to put out into the world. Because without those experiences, you really wouldn't have anything to draw from. So it's really cool to hear how you two have similar but different experiences and then you've brought them together to really create the fem files. It's a very, very beautiful coincidence that that (laughs) what my sister doesn't, um, isn't like formally... I guess, educated in as far as, you know, design or graphic design, I can do. And then I lack in writing and she's a phenomenal writer. So it just happened to birth itself. And it was always there, but it was just never the right time. But it, but her failure, our failure together, like she said, blossomed the house to be what it is. Today. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You can tell that you guys really get along and you love the work that you're doing together. And do you guys feel through the fem files that you found your voice or has it really helped you find your voice? I think in a lot of sense, like for instance, I feel like it's helped rediscover my voice because as a kid, you know, I was always very loud, just always rolling in the dirt, always loved to play fight, just a really large personality. And I think as we go through, you know, middle school, high school, puberty relationships, we end up kind of losing, you know, losing that fire, that creative edge that all of us are born with. Um, And I think the Femme Files really let me be myself again or just rediscover everything that I already was because I've always had a voice, but I just wasn't able to own it the way I am now. I wasn't able to, you know, put a name to it, put a face to it and really show women like you can be your 100% self without any apology, without feeling secure, like it's possible. And it's still like, I'm still working at it every day, but the Femme mm-hmm. has let me, you know, has allowed me to do so and be an example to women who are also growing in the same way. In my way, I think, um, I think what it's done for me most is just creating in a little bit of a smaller scale, but just creating habits for myself. I'm a I'm a really spontaneous person and um, sometimes I, I lose myself in my work a lot and um, just taking time every day to do something. And, and in this case, it's planning for the femme files and talking about something that's bigger than myself, but taking time every day for the femme files has helped me taking time for myself because I think as an artist, um, I lose myself a lot and I'm not my work and I'm not, and that does not amount to my worth. Um, so I think that's taught me a really big lesson is that you always have time. It's just a matter of making time. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I agree with both of you. I mean, on the one hand, rediscovering your voice, Raquel, and understanding who you are and what you're excited about and passionate about. And then Vanessa, you know, not getting lost in your work or not allowing your work Mm -hmm. to define you. I think both are things that so many of us are struggling with or trying to come to terms with or just realizing that there's so much media, Mm -hmm. there's so much going on with friends and family, there's there's political unrest, there's social unrest, and I think we have a tendency to lose our yeah. own voices throughout that. And then you couple that with your own personal experiences. And so I think it's amazing to find an avenue or something that you're passionate about that helps you get more in touch mm-hmm. with who you are mm-hmm. and your values and understanding, you know, that you're not defined by that external. You're not your work. No, definitely. I just think also it's just very like I said like you said it's very overwhelming um and I think the noise like the noise can be very loud especially in your head and your everyday experiences so to find something that helps you tune in to who you are and kind of give you peace 
is something that we all need and it's something we all work towards and mm -hmm. try to outlet. Yeah, and these projects growing with you because we all are on a road of self-improvement and it's nice to see a project next to you. You know, it didn't start at 100 and it started at 85%. It started at zero. So yeah, um, just improving yourself alongside something that you believe in. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think along the same lines in terms of having all that overwhelm, you know, that we're surrounded with, I think you guys touched on this a little bit earlier, but so many of the dominant images in the media are those, you know, photoshopped perfectionist mm -hmm. images of what women are supposed to look like or how we're supposed to be or behave. And I think within it, there's this inherent pressure, you know, to look a certain way, be a certain way. And I, it really can impact, um, I don't know, our willingness and our ability to love ourselves and really accept ourselves for who we are. Have you guys been able to really embrace and, and love yourselves, you know, despite those images that are out there? It's hard. Yeah. It's a process. You know, we don't wake up every day and we're already I love myself so much. You know, there's really, really some hard days. Um, Beyonce has, you know, really hard days. And, you know, we mm -hmm. all think that she's at such a level and she is. But, you know, Oprah has her bad days. But um, and I think that it's just a it's just a work in progress. Like I think every day just reminding yourself um, that you are enough and and accepting your thoughts. You know, every single human has bad thoughts and, and just being OK with the good and bad and not having so much pressure, especially as a woman, because um, like Raquel said, you start as a child being just this little creative rebel and you're so happy and you haven't been conditioned to the things that um, society might feed you consciously or subconsciously. And deciding that the habits or maybe just the behavior that you have every day is, isn't supposed to fit into a box of, of what a woman is supposed to, supposed to be. I completely agree. I just think Overall, um, especially, I think it's hard, especially as a woman, because our value is so heavily placed on our looks. And if we don't fall into that category, we automatically think we're unworthy. And when you think you're unworthy on the outside, you feel unworthy on the inside as well, um, which I think the more we can really talk to women and have them accept all these parts of themselves and showcase all of that in the media, Mm -hmm. slowly it won't just be about the outer appearance slowly they will start to accept their internal mm -hmm. self as well and that's where their highest potential lies you know what i mean it's, it's just a way to get through to them to be able to reach their inner potential mm -hmm. because you know if you don't like the way you look how are you going to like the way you write how are you going to mm -hmm. like the way you think it all all of it is correlated mm -hmm. that's why i think it's so incredible that we're able to relate to each other and really help women yeah. accept their outer appearance so they can start to accept their inner appearance and reach their highest goals. I think for me is that I definitely, is, I'm in a really good place about loving myself, but I am also tested every day. You know, every, you know when you have a platform like the Fem Files, everyone's like, wow, like you must live this every day. And yes, I try my yeah. fullest ability to live the truth that I preach. But, you know, every now and then I fall short of my character. You know, I have bad days. I feel negative. And it's not about hiding those feelings. It's not about mm -hmm. showing people just the good parts about yourself. It's about being honest mm -hmm. that you have negative and positive feelings and not looking at them as good or bad, mm -hmm. just looking at them as allowing them to rest inside you, watching your thoughts and just allowing them to flow naturally outside your body as they pass. It's not about, oh, I don't have any darkness inside of me. Like, I don't feel negative. I love myself now. No problem. No, it's not being honest. That's not self-love is self-awareness. Yeah. It's being okay with everything you feel inside and looking at it and finding out why do I feel this way? You know, how can I make it easier to live inside myself? How can mm -hmm. I make my mind more at ease with who I am? You know, mm -hmm. it's just full acceptance, which is right. so hard to do. It's, you know, it's not an easy thing. Um, and I th and me and Raquel have talked about before how self-love can sometimes be misunderstood uh, on Instagram or online because we think it's a place that you get to or a place that you go or 
um, lighting candles or taking a bath, which those things can so glam. Um, yeah. exactly so glamorous what self-love is, but it's all a mental battle. It, it's an all an inside job. And it's when you practice self-love, it's not always um, portrayed on social media what it actually looks like. So exactly. um, just being able to understand that and connect, connect everybody to understand what it actually is so that, you know, we can all help each other in a way. Yeah, I agree with this so much. I think self-love has kind of become a market, you know, like people are trying to sell it. And um, I love what you guys have been talking about just in terms of, you know, it's really about understanding that not every day is a good day, you know, and it's interesting because my podcast is called Seek the Joy Podcast and people assume that I'm joyful every day, you know, because I have a podcast about joy. And it's like, no, I mean, a really good example is like the other day I had a really, really bad day and I was getting really upset with myself. And I went to this place where, you know, you start to call yourself names that aren't really nice. And for me, self-love in that moment was saying, okay, wait, hold on. We're not going to go down that road that all the things you're saying to yourself are not true. You know, how can we reframe the narrative in that moment? And for me, that was self-love. It wasn't about, you know, which candle am I going to light or, you know, am I going to journal? And yeah, all those things are so valuable. And I think for a lot of us, attaching like a physical, like to do, like a to-do list item to self-love helps us remember to practice that self-love. But it's really more about how you choose to treat yourself, you know, in in any moment and like what you come back to doing for yourself um, to remind yourself and to treat yourself with that love and that kindness and that compassion, which I think is really, at least for me, what it's really all about. And and I think something that's really um, big is that we just tell the truth and we tell we tell the truth as far as what is self-love and we don't want to participate in a market where it confuses people to what that is. We want to um, talk about the real issues yeah. and not beat around the bush and not make it look, well, sometimes we'll make it look, you know, pretty and aesthetic, but <laughs> just, <laughs> just talking about really trying to address the underlying real problems. And respecting to respecting everyone's way of self-love and mm-hmm. not telling people how to love themselves. Mm-hmm. We may give them ideas of, you know, for instance, I can tell you three or four things I do that really help me um, love myself more and believe in myself more, but that doesn't mean I expect you and that's going to work for you and you have to do it this way. I don't want people to think we're trying to tell them how to live and how to mm-hmm. love their full selves because that is always up to you. Yeah. Like, no one it might not work. You. Yeah. Exactly. It might not no work for them. For you. Right. No, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's really important to share those things that work for you because you never know, like for somebody that could really click for them, you know, but I think there's no one formula for these things. So speaking of what you do, you know, to help yourself with self-love and self-worth and to remind yourself, you know, you know, to practice self-care and all that good stuff. What are some things that you do? Super fun question. Okay. So what I love to do is I have a few things. So I really believe in, you know, affirmations, speaking your life into existence, um, writing it down, reading it, uh, do it before you go to sleep. A lot of things that I'll do is I'll write down like two or three affirmations. I'll go in the bathroom, close the door, give myself some time and look in the mirror and say, you know, I am powerful or I am valuable or just, and it could really change day to day. But to me, looking myself in the mirror means I'm not hiding from myself. Mm. I know who I am and I can see who I am and I'm alone. So I don't need to hide or show anyone anything different. I can't hide from myself. So when I really say these things, I actually really, really believe them. And that to me helps me every day to kind of develop that idea and that truth that I live behind that. And I also write down, I have two or three sentences that I've been writing down for at least a year or two. When I ever have a bad day or just, I try to do it every single day, but it doesn't always happen. I'll just write it down and it says, I will be, or I am, you know, the most this, this and that. And I will read it to myself and I write it in my journal. Um, I also believe in thoughts. So when you go to sleep, I always think about what I want the most. Mm-hmm. Or I, I picture myself at the highest level of what I'm doing. And I just really try to stay in that thought before I go to bed. So then when I sleep, um, it kind of starts manifesting in my sleep. So, and of course, like <laughs> meditation, I eat 
fruit. I listen to soothing music. I love going outside. There's just so many things. Um, yeah. But those are pretty much like the main things that really help me push forward yeah. into into where and what I want to be. Um, mine are a little bit similar. I write a lot too. A lot of I write a lot of thoughts that I have down. So I have a list. I have a list of dreams. So I know, you know, so I know where I'm headed and a vision that I have for myself. And that gives me some sort of comfort. Um, and I also have, I just started it actually this year, but I have um, a list of three things um, that I want to work on. And it's something that I can just do mentally inside myself every day. And that's kind of uh, an, an example that you had earlier when you were talking about that you were going down a bad path as far as how you were talking to yourself inside your head and you stopped yourself and you redirected that thought to be something better. And so I have three things um, that are very specific that stream into my consciousness as far as um, the thoughts that I'm having to stop myself, to not judge good or bad, to make sure that I'm not feeding my ego. And then I'm also, I love going outside. I think the outside just makes me feel really small and that my stress and anxiety is not big. And it's a very teeny, teeny, teeny uh, sense of importance. So it makes me feel really small, which which is also a comfort to me because, you know, the things that I'm sometimes worried about are not important and they're very minor to what the thoughts that I could be amounting to, which are a lot bigger. So those are a couple of things that I do. And kind of like what Vanessa said earlier, she was talking about how we kind of need the idea of self-love or self-care as a destination or it's somewhere we get to. It's realizing yes. that you're already this person. You know, I am smart. I am this. I, I already have all the money mm -hmm. that I need. I already have all the resources and everything I need. I just need to feel it and embody it and mm -hmm. everything will come. It's not, oh, I want to be this person and mm -hmm. you're struggling day by day. I keep wanting to be, but I'm not her. I can't be her. Mm -hmm. You're already telling yourself mm -hmm. you're not before you yeah. even let yourself become who you are, yeah. you know? So it's like, yeah. I already am a great person and right. peaceful and loving and understanding. I just need to continue to move through my days in that truth. And I won't always make it. You know, some days it's not going to happen. And I'm, I'm totally okay with that. It's okay. You know, that, I feel like that's really what it's about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So much of it too is about perspective, I think. Perspective on a couple levels. First of all, that piece, Raquel, that you were just talking about yeah. in terms of you are already this person. You don't have to try and be anything. You already are. And I think so many of us are kind of stuck in that loop mm -hmm. of we want to be that person that we see on Instagram who has X, Y, and Z or a friend in our life, whatever it might be. But you actually already are that person. You just have to keep doing the work a little bit, I think, every single day to remind yourself, you know, that you are that person. And then the other end of that perspective too, I think, is about realizing that, yeah, like the stuff that's bothering us or affecting us or that we're upset about in the grand scheme of things, like in the grand picture of our lives, like in 10 years, I'm in, am I going to remember that Tuesday where I was like really upset about something? I don't know. I, I probably won't. And so I think it's about reminding yourself of those things and it helps you kind of come out of those things faster. Exactly. It's like redirecting yeah. yourself to center yourself through those moments that like allowing yourself to feel this way but understanding in a year or two years or even maybe mm -hmm. a week this will not be important mm -hmm. to let it go let it flow through you it's okay mm -hmm. it's just, don't hold on I think too many people sometimes hold on to experiences that happen whether it's a bad day a bad friendship yeah. and they end up carrying that with them mm -hmm. everywhere rather than wait. letting yeah rather than just allowing it to be and just moving on, moving on with your day, moving on with your life, just completely. Yeah. So many of us um, take that baggage with us and instead of, you know, letting it off um, at its train stop, you know, we just keep having it build on and build up as time goes on. How have you guys developed these practices? Because while you guys were talking, I was sitting here going, okay, wow, like so much of this, if not all of it is so valuable. For me, my, I mean, truthfully, my sister has been a crazy influence on me even since I was younger and sometimes she'll tell me to do these things because she sees me you know too enthralled in my work or 
um, she'll kind of redirect me, like, maybe you should meditate, maybe you should read more, maybe you should. And at, at first, you know, I'll refuse because I'm stubborn. But after doing it, at first, I'll feel a bit stupid, just, you know, why am I doing this? But over time, I, I feel myself relaxing more, you know, the way that I feel inside relaxing more, or just not as anxious or not as stressed. And I think even outlets on social media, like a couple people that I'll follow, I'll see something and, you know, something inside me will be a little bit excited and I'll try it. And, you know, sometimes it'll work for me, sometimes it won't. Um, but that's kind of where I get my influence from. Aww, love you. <laughs> love you. For me, I think it was a lot of mistakes and a lot of it was self-taught. Like, of course, there are people that I admire and follow, like Oprah, that always Oprah. gives so much <laughs> insight. And, you know, she talks about how we need to be so reflective of our experiences and every single, that happen every single thing that happens in your life is to teach you something it is it has value it's important whether good or bad so i think i made a lot of mistakes when i was younger and i've been i've been thinking back to my experiences like i've been reflecting since i was you know really young like i'd say like even eighth ninth grade seventh grade it's just all over the place but i've always looked back to the mistakes i've done and i've learned from them and i'd be mm -hmm. like okay wow that taught me not to value, you know, not to value a relationship I had with a boy over a friendship mm -hmm. I have with a girl. I'm going to do better next time. So next time comes. And as I, you know, as I fall, get back up, fall again, I become more aware of my surroundings mm -hmm. and just as who I want to be as a woman and what kind of image I've always thought of that we have to be examples for other women and not to put pressure on ourselves, but just it, it really helps me feel like there are women depending on me to be my best self and mm -hmm. to give wisdom, but still be honest about my mistakes so they don't think that I'm, you know, that I'm any better mm -hmm. because um, at the end of the day, we all, we all choose to learn from our experiences. Everyone experiences life, but it's a mm -hmm. choice you make to reflect on why something happened so you can build from it rather than, oh, I don't know why that happened. Let me do it again tomorrow. You know, you're not learning that way. So it's a choice mm -hmm. we make on how we want to grow from things that happen to us. Mm -hmm. And I can see and I meet people and I can see people who really are able to grow from them and people who choose not to look at their experiences to become a better person. Because life is working for you. This is all for you. Mm -hmm. This is never against you. And I think, like I said, it comes down to perspective on how you see it. Well, even to Oprah, I'm going to quote Oprah, but she always says um, <laughs> sometimes you have to you have to be really open for so many things to become your teachers. Sometimes it's really not direct. Sometimes it's not your older sister telling you to meditate. Um, sometimes it's really subtle or just, um, you know, friends or just weird, quote unquote, coincidence happening um, to pick up on that and learn from it and then put it into your habits or rituals. And then sometimes you can you can learn from people that you would never expect to learn from. But if you're open to receiving it and taking their advice, then it's just another way to better yourself and better your person. I love what you guys are saying. I'm just taking it all in because I think there's so much wisdom here. And I think there's so much that you can take from your own experiences. And I think our past is, is our greatest teacher. And then how you choose to view your past or view your experiences, it's exactly what you've been saying, Raquel. I mean, you have the choice in terms of how you're going to reflect on it or what you're going to choose to do with it. And I think it's about learning to take those negative experiences and really turn them into a positive. Um, I'm like you just said, Vanessa, I love that quote yeah. from Oprah. I mean, it's like, you got to be open to different experiences or different people, you know, to be your teachers. We honestly look at so many we, interviews yeah. with Oprah. Oprah is like our, our biggest, biggest fan. teacher. If you hear us, Oprah, we love you. Yeah. We carry Oprah around. So along with Oprah, I mean, who oh. inspires you guys? Like, what Ooh, are your biggest inspirations? That's a good one. Besides Oprah. <laughs> Besides Oprah, because I figured she's on the list. Um, as far as, okay, so on social media, I follow Amanda Seals, um, who's a comedian. Um, but she speaks so many truths, and she has, she has so much confidence in, in doing so. So I think she's a huge 
teacher for me as far as just um, if we're talking about social media. And then reading a lot helps me. And I find a lot of teachers in those and I quote books all the time because I just think they're so direct and then you can highlight them and remember them forever. Um, yeah. But the alchemist, Paulo Coelho, he is a fan. He is uh, definitely he was a turning point for me. Um, and I also think that everything happens for a reason. So I always associate the timing of when I'm reading a certain book and the timing of my life and what that teacher's trying to teach me at the at the time of my life so he's done a lot for me and then um the untethered soul um and that has a lot to do with an inner battle and he just touches on so many things as far as stress anxiety and really puts it in perspective his name's michael singer so that's my i would say my my teachers at the time um for me it's weird like i just see so many teachers in so many ways uh i feel like i have a bunch of different parts of myself you know, people like Michelle Obama, people who've always kind of given that light and always been about education for women. Um, I've also attracted to people in the music industry like Princess Nokia, who has this very, you know, this edge to her who will say whatever she thinks. So I find inspiration in every single type of woman. It's so weird. Like, mm -hmm. I'll be online and, you know, people you know, writing that touches me is like Maya Angelou, like I love her, like she's mm. a phenomenal writer. But I can also find appreciation in someone like, like Cardi B. I love how she says what she feels. She does not care, she is loud, she is here, and she walks in the room and you know it. Like I admire all types of women and I think also it's about finding leaders and finding inspiration in all. So for me, I feel like it's so, you know, it's such a range of women that I couldn't really put my main inspiration. Obviously, Oprah is like one of my number one, but overall, mm -hmm. what inspiration does for me is not only inspiration doesn't inspire me to want to be like them, because I know a lot of people when we see something great, we're like, oh, my God, I wish I could do that. Like, I want to mm -hmm. do that. I mm -hmm. should have done that. I think it inspires me to be myself more. Mm -hmm. Like people like Tracy Ellis Ross, Ugh, like yes. she's amazing, but I'm not inspired to want to talk like her or want to act like her or, you know, look like her. I'm inspired to like, wow, I really want to get to that point where I'm just spreading light and I'm starting to really be everything. You know, I am already this, but I'm starting to, my thoughts are aligned with my actions. My soul is aligned with my personality and I'm just this all around woman. So it inspires me to keep going and to really believe in myself. So that's kind of like the inspiration I take. And I, I've really been inspired by so many countless women. So mm -hmm. like, I kind of take that day by day. And I, I wanted you to say Tracy Ellis Ross, because I've like always <laughs> talked about this one thing that she said, she said, um, I don't wear my hair naturally. And I don't wear my hair like this for you to want my hair but I wear my hair like this so that you want your hair because I'm not here for you to want to embody me. I want you to embrace it, the human that you were given. Mm -hmm. Like embrace yourself. I want mm -hmm. you to be comfortable with who you are because you see me on such a platform embracing. embracing. Exactly. Yeah. I think uh, the more, the more we embrace ourselves, I think it encourages others to do the same. Oh yeah. I couldn't agree more. No, I definitely Vanessa, that. first of all, I'm making my way through the untethered soul right now. So when we're oh, done, when I'm done yeah. with it, um, you and I are going to have to chat. Yes. <laughs> that quote about Tracy Ellis Ross is so interesting because so often we see images and then people want to be exactly, those images yeah. as opposed to taking something from it, you know, that feels mm -hmm. good to you that you can then really implement into your own yeah. life. And I think that also has to do with confidence in yourself and confidence in who you want to be, because I think a lot of people who, let's say you want to copy ideas or you want to copy images, it's a lot of that comes from lack of belief, belief in your own ideas and your own mm -hmm. image. So I think you sometimes we have to get to a level of like, there is no one better than me. There is no one who can do it like me. I appreciate all this inspiration and I love it, but I am still on my own path and I'm still going to create my own self. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think you've learned the most about yourself uh, working together on the Femme Files and just kind of growing into your own along the way? What I love about the Femme Files so much is that it's always acted 
um, as a guide for myself. It's kind of like a, not only a teacher, but it keeps me in check of reminding me of an idea bigger than myself. So, you know, whenever maybe I have a weak moment and I want to speak negatively about someone or do something that doesn't complement what I preach to other women, um, it is always there to remind you like Raquel, you can't be doing, you know, you can't be doing this. Like, this is what you preach to other women and you must live the truth that you preach. And the Femme Vials is an act of that. It's an act of what I really want to be and what I aspire to be and what I already am. So it keeps me, you know, it really does keep me aligned and it keeps me grounded in what I want to be. And so I don't kind of go astray or I don't get lost or, you know, sometimes we, we really tend to embrace ourselves in negative ways. Like, well, kind of like we induce ourselves in negative behavior or we go out with certain people in certain situations that it's really easy to lose yourself. So for the Femme Vials, I think it's nice to always bring it back and to always mm. remind me. Remember, yeah, taking time to remember, yeah. Yeah, remembering um, who I am and who I want to be. Personally, I always felt like throughout my journey, I've been able to really step into my own individuality. And that has always been really hard for me as a kid. Because I think, like, I'm a very social person and I really thrive off social environments. So, like, I love people. You know, I, I really just, that's where I feel like I'm most creative and most happy is around great people. But I think learning to be by yourself and learning that a group of people will not validate you and will not be the reason why you become successful or will is not your ticket to happiness. So I think over the years, like especially in high school, I'd be like, oh, like I can totally see myself friends with this person. Why don't they like me? Like, I could totally be accepted in their group. Like, why aren't we friends? Like, I could make this happen. And then when the universe would push them away or take people away from me, I'd be like, no, 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 no. Why? Why? Like, we're, we're great together. We work perfectly together. And I never understood. And as time went by, I slowly started to understand why we were just never a great match. And every time I understand, I feel even more grateful and at peace because it's what was meant for me. You know, those people in the past were never meant for me. And me trying to get these people to like me or accept me or feel, you know, loved and valued just showed me that I needed to feel loved and valued for myself. So I think mm -hmm. that was so literally probably biggest life lesson because as I'm doing it now, I'm slowly starting to see people attract to me rather than me chasing these people that I like or I admire. I don't chase anyone. I don't believe in that. Because I just believe you work on yourself and work on your goals and your aura will attract those people. They are coming. Like, there's no need to worry. There's no need to impress or nothing. Just be relaxed with who you are. So mm -hmm. I think slowly I've been just, I get excited about people. I'm inspired by people, but I never, I never stress. I never worry. I just know everything will come naturally as, as long as I'm working on myself. Um, I think mine go quite hand in hand. Um, I think mine a lot has to do with just self-expression. I think I've, again, always really struggled with self-expression. And I think um, the more I'm able to formulate this language for myself, I'm able to somehow, you know, implement that in the fem files and kind of find people that also relate to these feelings or, you know, these very human feelings that we feel rather than, you know, whether it's uh, quote unquote good or bad. I think the Femme Files has, you know, grown a seed inside of me to, you know, remember that we're all connected and that I'm not in this alone and I don't suffer alone, you know, in self-expression. There are thousands and millions of other women that feel very similar because the way that a woman is supposed to be, again, is is a bit of a universal thing. And um, I think finding a way to self-express expressed out of this sort of whole is a very interesting and there's good and bad days to pro uh you know as far as um understanding how to get out of it mm -hmm. and i think the femme files has helped me so much in that sense and it's helped it itself as well the femme files itself because i'm able to find that connectivity 
and also have it in my personal and professional life. Yeah. I love what you said, Raquel, about not chasing people because I think that's so important. I think sometimes we hustle for that worthiness. And I think it's Brene Brown that says that, but we're hustling for people in our life, for experiences, for a career, whatever it might be. We're chasing it because on some level we are we're really hungry for it, but it's kind of, I think sometimes it comes from this place of desperation too. Like you really want it and you want to force it to happen because it's not happening, you know, on your own, on its own. And I love too what you, Vanessa, you were saying just about that piece about expression and then just having that connection along with it. I think it really just goes to show the power of starting a project or being part of a project, a platform or building something that you're really passionate about, just the power of it to really, I don't know, bring out the best of you too. I think it's just been, it's really just been such a positive aspect in our mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. that now that I think back to it, it's funny when you create something, you don't ever really take time to appreciate it and really look at it like, wow, we did this. Like we've been doing this for a year. Yeah. This is great. Um, Because you're, (laughs) you know, because every day you're, you're hustling, you're You're going, you're posting, you're living. You don't stop for a second to appreciate. I'm doing something really great here and it makes me feel good and it makes other people feel Mm -hmm. good as well. Which is so nice about this podcast because like you answering these like you know, big questions. It's so nice to reflect and be like, Hey, you know, we have been doing this a year. We have been growing and, and, um, just to take time, you know, just to take time to remember all of it. It's really important. I think to take stock of where we've been, you know, in order to move forward. And, um, we are on seek the joy podcast. So I have to ask you about joy in your life. Although I'm pretty (laughs) sure we talked a little bit about it before. Uh, what are some things that you love to do that really bring you joy? Uh, I love, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I think the weather gives me life, whether it's rainy or cold or warm outside. I just think, um, it just gives like light to my skin. Like it just gives so much life, um, to who I am and, and just empowers me to keep going. And, and also creation. I think, I think I find so much joy because I can have all these ideas and we can have all these thoughts, but just putting a name to it and putting it into something tangible and to being able other people to appreciate it and love it and relate to it and use it. And that brings me, that brings me joy. And that doesn't have, doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It could be, you know, writing something in the morning or, you know, folding up a little note and putting it under a seat or, you know, painting something or, you know, it can go on all, all levels for everyone, what that means to them as far as creating things. But I think that's the biggest joy that I find in my life. No, definitely. I'll definitely build off of that because I feel like um, creation especially when it comes to writing, I really think any kind of creative outlet is speaking from like the deepest part of yourself. So I feel like when I write, I'm really bringing out all these emotions and all this light that we need to express. And it makes me happy that I'm able to come up with some original. Like when I have an original thought or an idea, or even if I, you know, play with an outfit and put a good outfit together, to me, that brings me joy that I'm, you know, that I'm using my mind and using just my my creativity to build myself rather than looking on the outside and seeing what everyone else is doing or writing or listening to and following that. So to me, it brings me joy to create my own path. And other that's on a big scale. When it comes to other things, I'm very Like it can be so simple. Fruit makes me really happy. (laughs) Reading books, like reading books makes me so happy. Mm -hmm. You know, doing new things. Like I'm like, I like to stay adventurous. So Mm -hmm. if I go like on a trip or if I go somewhere that I've never been before, done something new, I really thrive off new experiences. Mm -hmm. So I always look for that. I think in day-to-day life. Routine definitely, like I appreciate routine because you need discipline when you're working on your dreams. But as far as like everyday life, I always want to do something new, Mm -hmm. just something small, Mm -hmm. just change up the way you live. Oh, I love that. For someone that's listening to this podcast and maybe they want to, I don't know, push themselves out of their comfort zone or take a risk or follow the things that they love in the way that you both have, what would be your biggest piece Mm -hmm. of advice? I think I would say, listen, and don't get me wrong, like I've heard this before, but 
I really, really want to emphasize on this. You need to listen to your gut. We all have little feelings in our body. Like when something, when you go into a room with people you've never met before, maybe an interview, anything, when you get a little feeling that something's not right, trust it. When you get a feeling when you meet someone, you get a really great feeling about someone. And you might feel like they might be an important figure in your life in the future. Trust it. You're not wrong. Don't try to mentally convince yourself that feeling is wrong because it's not. It is helping. It's trying to help you lead you to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think, like I said, if everyone's honest with themselves, everyone goes where they need to go. Everyone meets the people who are meant for them. I think a lot of people don't listen to that internal voice. And that's why they end up in places where they weren't meant to be. And that's why they end up unhappy. So Mm. listen to that voice. That voice is everything you have. And that voice is going to be your guide Mm -hmm. as you move through life. And I think listening to your gut also has to do with just when you want to leave your comfort zone, trying to ignore fear to be able to step outside of that because it can be really difficult when you have all these voices in your head telling you no but stepping out of your comfort zone can be very scary um but Mm -hmm. i think we only and it's funny because we create these comfort zones and these limits in our head because they're not real and i think listening away from them ignoring them you know just um we're choosing to do it anyway you know you hear yeah. the fear, but you continue to challenge yourself. You continue to step outside your comfort zone. So. Just freeing yourself from what you think that you are. And I think by doing this, because there's society standards, there's societies that other people have on you, there's just, you know, there's stuff that you put on yourself um, that you think you can't get out of this comfort zone. Um, but again, it's all a construct that you have created inside your mind. And it's up to you to be able to listen to your gut that maybe you want to try something different and maybe you want to not associate with this thing, this sort of box you're confining yourself in. Letting go of who you think you should be and allowing yourself to just just be. be. I love that. Mm -hmm. Kind of going along the same lines in terms of stepping outside of your comfort zones. What is your biggest dream? Mm, Let me have many. (laughs) (laughs) How do I choose? (laughs) I know. I think it's hard to have just one. I can pull up my list. We can talk about (laughs) Me and my sister both have like, like, what is it? uh, Dream boards or mood boards for our dreams and lists on lists and redefining lists of just what we want to do. And those are things that are, you know, an inner work. And then those are also things that are, that are concrete titles. Like, I don't know, I think as someone, like I consider myself a little bit of like a renaissance woman. You know, I have a lot of love, I have a lot of interest. But for me, I feel like my biggest dream would be like an all-around media mogul. So kind of like a public figure, director, you know, a writer, kind of like a widely known performer. So just someone who can, you know, just like using the femme files in myself as having a prominent role in media and being in front of the camera and being behind the camera as well. Um, To me, I feel like that would just give me so much joy and just a woman that can do it all and be it all. Like on Mm -hmm. the big scale, I want to be a huge example, obviously, for all women, just with unlimited potential and unlimited possibilities. But of course, like I have, you know, some checklist things like I would love to be like a Glamour Woman of the Year award and like be on Time Magazine and go to the Met Gala. Hmm. So I have like those concrete goals, but as far as what I can be, it's just like, there's no ceiling for me. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. like, it's, you want to, you want to perfect your craft in one area right now. So you can build up to that point. But once I get to that point, I'm ready to spread, you know, like I could write a script here. I could work on, Mm -hmm. you know, some production. I kind of just want to be able to spread my ideas and create the change we want to see. And I think that's a beautiful vision for what we just talked about, because like freeing yourself from yourself, but you're only confining yourself to whatever you think that you are. And Raquel's like, I'm going to do everything, Um, which I'm like, I am totally open Mm -hmm. to. I see myself. I want to be a professor at Parsons for a bit. I want to influence so many creative, so many creative women um, that don't have a voice yet. Um, or maybe just formulating the voice or maybe working with women that have a very strong 
a strong voice as a creative or just as a human. You know, some of the dreams that I have is I want to go to the Met Gala. Me and Raquel always talk about going to the Met Gala. Being on, um, I know those are titles that I want to hold, but I also, I'm just so about, you know, doing stuff every day so that I can see bigger for myself. So yeah, like the clear um, image of what you want. Yeah. So just practices every day of self-love. Yeah. It's really hard to to keep those habits. So, you know, doing that. And then I want to publish and make a visual book. I want to work with a ton of creative directors, art directors, models. And I'm open to all sorts of different individuals, writers. And honestly, our, our parents really were the stem for yeah. the ability to think outside of ourselves and just know that your world is your playground and you can be anything you want to be. And they've been so supportive and open to whatever that is. They don't care. My dad always says, I don't care if you're a trash man, as long as you're a really good trash man, just, you know, Hmm. perfecting whatever craft. And then in the meantime, growing yourself and your inner work. And that's the most important thing besides all the, um, the titles that we want to hold, which we will get to. And I believe that I'm confident in that. Yeah. Guys, I loved this conversation and getting to know you both. And um, I really needed this conversation today. So I have a feeling that everybody that's listening is going to walk away feeling the same way that I am. And so thank you for being on Seek the Joy podcast. And before we go, where can everyone find you and and find the Femme Files? Okay. So first and foremost, definitely our Instagram. It's just going to be at the Femme Files. Um, Right now, we're revamping our website and really excited for it. So definitely watch out for it in the next week or two. It's going to be www.thefemfiles.com. Yeah. And for the most part, like we are also on like Tumblr, Facebook, but it will just be The Fem Files um, if you wanted to reach us. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Wonderful. You're so welcome. Thank you. This was a great conversation.